All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Hanson Distilleries. Michaud, Wanye, Peg, Milk, and boys, it was all good just a week ago. Let me paint you a picture. This is our first pod in a couple weeks. I left on December 23rd, three straight wins for the Oilers. They were beating the Canadians, beating everyone, and I come back to this. It's ugly, Mash. I'm not going to lie to you. The, <laughs> well, uh, I, there's many things to, to get into. Um, I <laughs> what what do you mean this? I don't I don't understand. Nothing nothing bad happened while you were gone. No, you, what, nothing no. nothing happened. It's no. they're still won three straight. The Oilers are eight and two in their last ten, and we're looking good going into the All Star break. Mash, we're well, in fourth in the conference within striking distance of the Pacific, uh, and especially on the strength of their spe- special teams. Right, the penalty killings eighth in the league. The power plays third. Everything's fine. Talbot looks rock solid. The fans are happy and content with what's going on. Peter Shirelli seems yeah. to be doing a great job. We're is having that- a great time. Rexall beers, which is still called Rexall, are down 90% <laughs> in price. And, uh, yeah, no, everything's totally fine. The weather was great last week as marvelous, well. Marvelous, marvelous. People's wives are in a wonderful state, so, Maj. I don't know what you're talking about. So- Bag milk. You've known Wanya a lot longer than me, mm. like a lot longer than me. Is this yeah. the closest to broken Matt Hardy we've ever seen him? Sorry to sneeze in the wrestling reference. Is he broken right now? Because he before we started, he was just spinning in the corner of the KGB room. <laughs> he was just spinning. It's like that last scene of Batman v Superman. Lex Luthor just mumbling to himself. That's what Wanya. This was can't like. be life. 
the, there could be a software update needed. You know, yeah, it could, could be that. Just <laughs> I, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those updates that's been sitting on the old app store for six to eight months, <laughs> yep. and now it's just finally caught up to him. Wanye six point zero point two, who's yeah. got reality uploaded into him from the last three weeks. He's still running on Wanye four point five. This season's going to be fantastic. <laughs> the hockey news said so. Yes, first reference of the hockey news in 2018. Well, that, uh, is that hockey news still on your? your yes, yes, it's not going there? anywhere. I may get a T-shirt made of it and just wear it Ooh. around, covered in tears. I was watching uh, Tom McClellan's post-practice presser today, mm-hmm. and he just looks like so skinny. He just looks like a a sad dad. Do you know? I think he needs to gain back 30 pounds. Like if I was in control oh, yeah. of this team, I'd be like, all right, first things first, coach. I need you to put back on those pounds. We like fat you way better than skinny you. We're here's, not getting... here's a couple Bobby Nix burgers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have an unlimited uh, pass at the media buffet, and now that there's donuts again, we expect you to bulk up. I'd love to see him let himself go again. You know what? Maybe not get a haircut every 10 days as he tends to do. He's going, just let it go. He's going full Ron Low. Like, <laughs> I just see him on the bench, and I could just see things in his brain breaking, and he's like... Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you remember Ronnie Lowe back in the day? We, like, took his gum out and went through the glass. I think we're we're getting close to Gumgate 2018. So, so One he, of the iPads gets chucked on the ice, yeah. and it's McClellan just raging. I'm surprised a coach hasn't thrown an iPad on the ice just mm. yet. Or a coach, for that matter, in any sport, hasn't thrown a tablet on the ice. It'd be easy. I throw, video, I throw like, controllers, and I'm mad at video games. You'd figure an iPad would be close. So you're close to breaking, Wanye. Do you think Todd is close to breaking? I would think. I mean, you've got to think that, like, I was watching Tim and Sid today. Right, shout out to people who aren't listening. And <laughs> I was like, you know, these guys, like I like the Tim and Sid yep. show. They're yeah, great. they're good. They know what's up, right? And then the one time and they did the dancing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oilers Nation uh, OT pay point dance. Butter me up by taking an interest in our stupid crap, Tim and Sid. <laughs> well played, right? But uh, which one's the one with no glasses, Sid? Uh, bald Sid, one yes. is yeah. Bald Sid, one's Sid glasses. Is, uh, bald is Tim with glasses. Bald is Tim. And Sid is the okay. So my boy said he just picked the Oilers apart, and it was, like, painful to listen to. But it's, like, shock. It's not like, oh, well, this is happening because of this or that. It's just, like, like how are you icing a penalty kill this fantastically incompetent? It's it's historically bad by, like, 18 points at home, something like that. If you have a proverbial cupboard with draft picks and you've got prospects in the A that are never going to see the light of day and you've got a roster of underperforming cockheads that are doing as they please surely upgrading your first power or PK unit is not the unsingable song and the impossible dream did you you, uh, Bagnall, you mentioned you were watching Todd's post practice today. Yeah. did you notice what he said about the, the coaches he basically said like well the coaches basically we're all in this together, you have like assigned duties, but we're all a unit. It's, yeah, kind of the first like time. Like unit, basically. That's exactly. That's the yeah. reference he did. Cool. Actually, I wonder who would be Lloyd Banks in the crew. Unit. <laughs> but I don't even know who anybody is. Just interjection no. for a moment. I'm looking at the assistant coaches. I'm like, I'm sorry. Where's Kelly Bookberger? And where's Craig Simpson? <laughs> Where are all these people? Yes. And where's Billy Moore's at? Where's Billy at? And then you see Huddy in Winnipeg the other night. I had yeah. no idea, Charlie. Yep. I'm like, Charlie, what are you doing? You've become disincombobulated. <laughs> You're on the, wrong, on the bench. wrong bench. Charlie, yeah. no. Steve Smith's in Carolina or something <clears throat> like that. Unbelievable. The, the point is, though, is like that's the first time that McClellan's kind of referenced that, no, we're, we're all in this together, right? It's not just on one guy, which I'll give Gregor all the credit in the world for bringing this up. Do you think maybe he's hearing the outside chatter as what the hell is the coaching staff doing in regards to the special teams? Well, yes, I would hope he's hearing the chatter. I'm hearing the chatter, and I spend most of my time at the bottle depot, and I'm hearing (laughs) it. Why wouldn't he hear it? He's down at the arena all day long. Because the interesting thing that I'm seeing coming up on uh, both social media and in our comment section, um, OilersNation.com, is people saying, no, no, McClellan's good. Get rid of the assistant coaches. So 
to your point, mm-hmm. Maj, I think like he has to be hearing that kind of stuff, right? But uh, the same thing too is I always agree you should you should let a coach be able to pick his assistants. But if he picked his assistants and they're not good, would you rather force feed a guy he doesn't want to work with? And like, like we're, we're talking about the worst penalty killing like since eighteen sixty three when the number yes. eight was invented yeah. and they could finally record stats. We're not talking about an assistant coach that's a problem. Any random set of coaches should be able to take five random NHL players or four in this instance with a penalty kill and create not the worst penalty killing in 43 years. <laughs> Just go stand in a diamond and make them like pass a it. random draw of NHL <laughs> yeah. player, like an expansion penalty kill unit yeah. where you just have a random player generator and you get four active players. And then you just pick a pen, a coach on any team on the 31 teams, and you assemble this elite squadron. They will shit kick the Oilers' penalty killing. It's amazing. To your point, Wanye, it's like, I don't even know how they're, the, in a way, it's almost impressive that they're that bad. It is. It's like the Cleveland Browns. I keep going to the other sports references. Mm, we are not like the Cleveland uh, Browns, Matt. <laughs> their penalty kill is right we now, We are though. not. That's a fucking 70,000. Oh, my God, are the Cleveland Browns. We are. Their penalty kill is the Cleveland Browns of the Cleveland of the Browns NHL. don't have a Connor McDavid. That's true, they don't. But they went 0-16, and the Oilers have an atrocious penalty kill. I think we got to pivot. we got to use a startup lingo. we got to pivot. we got to pivot mm. this team. we got to start yes. doing some shocking shit. Yep. Don't take penalties anymore. Get Keegan no. Lowe in here. He's got mm. it. The family genes run deep with that one. Get Keegan in here. Make him our 1D. Who else can we retry, retread and retire? Let's, Who's down in the A? I'll about, tell you how to How about to fix the Oilers this. can bring back Jordan Osterley? He's now a goal-scoring machine. Yeah, he's a machine. Let's get him back. Who else can we get to run a PK? Like, just bring Boyd, Boyd Gordon out of retirement and be uh, like, Boyd, oh, yeah. here Rob, is a PTO. Rob Klinkhammer is still playing in Germany, I the believe. Clink? He could be on the Olympic yeah, roster, though. True. He might be busy. Oh, bring Clink back in the Olympics. I think Ryan Jones is still playing in Germany. Can bring, him bring, back? Back Ryan bring them Jones? all back. Bring these back guys, everyone? These guys weren't even 29th in the league for PK when we were 29th in the league. Yeah. That's very true. Right? Like, if it was a situation where it's like, oh, you know what? We don't have any secondary scoring. The Nuge destroying everybody. Yep. Thank you. Right? Like, it just to me seems like a such a it's a such a shocking anomaly. Like, why aren't the Oilers very good? Oh, I don't know, because they're accidentally icing three people when they're only down a man and that's causing some grief. As soon as like as soon as that guy hits the penalty box, the Oilers seem like they're shitting bricks. Yeah, exactly. And they're they so tight. And like Talbot's like, oh, these guys are all nervous. What am I going to do? I got to stop everything. And then he's not stopping shit on the power. No, what was the one last night? He was all whirly whirled around and oh, wasn't yeah. even facing the fucking puck. As soon as Maroon got that five minute penalty last night, I was just, oh no, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Oh, that, no. And it turns out it was absolutely terrible. And he got a two game suspension for that. We'll get into what the lines could have potentially looked like, but. Right now, the power, like the penalty kill, is is it safe to say with a mediocre penalty kill? They would be so much yeah, better. I know, just if, not even great, just mediocre. If they had just the worst penalty killing this year, yeah. they would be like two standard deviations better. Like if you put this into a bell curve, they're way down here. Oh man, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, oh yeah. Who had? If we're going back to our regular season predictions, I like the Shirley quote: "Death by a thousand cuts." Who had the Oilers' atrocious penalty kill as the reason to sink this team so far? It wasn't I, me. You no, know, it certainly wasn't me. I don't think anyone had. I was watching last night as I. So this is my game plan. I'll just give you a little background yes. context here because we're talking for a living. I was like, oh, you know, you know, New Year's. I think I'm going to get my drink on. I went to so many New Year's games in Calgary and just watched them get shelled. Then I would get shelled by French fries. People whipping them at me, and I'd like start like we always got to fight one year. It was crazy. All sorts of stuff happened. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this game for New Year's. It's New Year's. I'm ready to party. What was it, 5 o'clock? Yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. early one. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to shit kick Winnipeg. We're going to fly into the New Year. I'm going to have 10 bottles of champagne in me. I'll be crying out Moe, you know, balling my way into 2018. All the air sucked out of the room. 
go to bed at 8.42 p.m., <laughs> don't care if 2018 started, doesn't matter. Next game, I'm like, oh, this is metric New Year's. This is like the miscalculated <laughs> New Year's. And what it is is it's going to be tonight that I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. And so, like, started pre-gaming, ready to go, let's go, let's do this, right? So at one point, I don't know what I was in, a uh, half a bottle of Nation Vodka, to shout out the Nation Vodka, but I've had an odd drinks. So I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm watching. Like, the penalty kill was Connor... Nurse, Sakara, who would have been the fourth, if you're guessing? You know, it could be like, it could have been Nuge that'll be out there. Nope, dry Sato could be there. Dry. Uh, Jujar sometimes kills penalties. No, it was like a vet. It was like Sakara, Nurse, Connor, and somebody. And I'm like, what the flying fuck? Those four guys are the worst PKs in 1970. What? It doesn't what? Make sense. Like, you should, th- these guys have been playing together, some of them, for years, and they've never been this shitty. Do you guys believe in like, Puck luck or karma and any of that stuff. Of course. Because you need a lot of that to be that bad. Oh, you yeah, know, sure. you need a lot of luck to be that good on the flip side. But the Oilers, for whatever reason, it's not working. And the, any team that comes in looks like the 1972 Montreal Canadiens. Are you saying play. it's a gypsy curse, Mash? Is that what you're saying? Because well, I think no, you're saying thought, it's a gypsy think, curse. Thought, we should go find a sacrifice. We should go find a gypsy and string her up. Mm-hmm. I, thought the cur- I thought the curses <laughs> were out of the place in the old building. I thought that was the end of the curse. Oh, it was that dead bitch coming back to get Remember us. Remember Murder was the case where Snoop talks to the devil and the devil's like, I'll make you into Snoop, but you can never stop touring and smoking weed, right? Yeah. Do you think that, like, Kate's had a murder is the case type moment with the devil? Or the devil's like, all right, here's what's going to happen. You can be super rich. You can have the Oilers. You can have your arena. You can have your towers. Y'all, you can have your Connor McDavid, but you'll never win. Not until you answer three riddles. And Kate's is like stuck on riddle two. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I assume this is what's happening. It's, it's the only thing that, like, that makes more sense than it, what's actually it, honestly, happening. It kind of does. I wouldn't bet against a gypsy riddle that Cates is just, like, really rattled with. He's like, build more towers. There's, like, 40 towers all around the arena. The Oilers are still in 30th. It's the year 2060. That's why he bought that big house in California is to amass the best minds from California (laughs) in one place to to solve this riddle. And this, like, gets back to it, right? Like, obviously, I I like Daryl Cates. I think he's a good dude and just remote, but that's fine. But you know that when Daryl Cates goes to bed in the most expensive house in Los Angeles— Looking at his bank account statement, which requires 20 pages printed out in eight-point font to show the total, he is so pissed. It's, a, it's probably one of the last things he thinks about before he goes to sleep, and one of the first things he thinks about when he wakes up. It's the up. second last thing I think about before yeah. I go to sleep, first one being Oscar Klesbaum's abs, and the first mm. thing I think about when I wake up with you guys, too. Yeah. Imagine you're looking at the amount of money you've spent at this point, and we're what, <laughs> 11 years into his ownership? No, 2008. Eight. So nine years. Coming up on 10. Oh, my God. So he's owned the team for 10 fucking years, and he has spent arguably an unlimited yep. sum of money. Mm-hmm. So what's he pushing, like 700 million U.S. on yeah, payroll? Yeah, probably seven, eight. Has Daryl Cates in his entire life ever seen a poor ROI on <laughs> $700 million? I'm, uh, I'm going to venture no. <laughs> probably yeah. say that. But is it a poor ROI in the sense that he's not making money or just the return on? Like, I don't think owning the others is about making money. Right, I think that like if you're Rexall and you're looking at if you own Rexall or you you're a, a real estate titan and you look at things you can put your money into, I think he developed a business plan that maximizes how much money he can make off the Oilers because he's now made the Oilers into like a billion dollar real estate play. Right, it's not about money. He's not like mm, you know what I need to do is get Reggie Sekera to not get his bonus and there's six hundred <laughs> for old Daryl. Right, like he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, uh, oh Reggie's. Oh Reggie, yeah. you. Scoundrel. I thought Reggie coming back was going to be like, oh, yeah, PK, fixed, PP, fixed. Man. 
the one thing I've noticed about Sakara being back is the breakout passes that he can make from behind the net all the way out, crisp on the stick. That's nice. I missed that. Yeah. Problem is, he's only on the ice about 15 minutes a night right now as he's getting back from having yeah, a yeah, leg yeah. reattached. Like an atrophied leg, like a skinny leg. Yeah. My question is, though, like I mentioned, I was off for a week. What happened between the 23rd and the 27th? Well, Bag Milk did it. He I'm going to blame gym. me. Yeah. I'm going to blame me. On yeah. the 23rd after they killed Montreal, I said, man, that was great. I wrote in the wrap-up, oh, boy, i got to like... If I thought about that game any harder, I'd rip a hole in me trousers. Oh, yeah. That was 500, I want to say, too. Like, or technical. Well, it was 500. Yeah. So, but what I wrote in there, I'm like, man, they're rolling, and I'm really nervous about Christmas and this three-day break, four-day break, that they're going to come back, and they're going to be like, oh, tryptophan comad, and then they're going to shit the bed. And that game against Winnipeg, it was sloppy, but they played well. And then Chicago, again, they played well. Well, they played well for 10 minutes against yeah, Chicago. Yeah, like that last 10 minutes was exciting. It was that, yeah. Two goals that the goalie pulled. That was exciting yeah. times. Yeah, like, but then that second game against Winnipeg, oh boy. Because that was a 5 o'clock start, like you said, on mm-hmm, New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. So I had eight liters of wine. So oh, yeah. We were doing sangria Sunday on of a course. whatever it was. <laughs> and, man, I was liquored by the time that game Your little elfy thing you posted on Instagram, I was like, this is like borderline erotic. This is well <laughs> done. Like, this is a nice voice. Yo, that was my like French accent with the Snapchat filters. Just ultra late at night, mm. you by yourself with curled around a b- bag of or a can of beans. Yeah, it did turn me on. So mm, you, you're, you. so mm. you're gonna take you're gonna take the heat. I just don't know what possibly happened because they were looking not like world beaters, but they were they were getting better heading towards. To me, they were the looking like straight. world beaters. Yeah. Even those games they lost, the one against Toronto, should have won. Yeah, they hit like 25 posts. Can't mm. score on the fucking backup goalie. It's ridiculous. They should have won that game. And then that would have brought them up to like five or six in a row going in. All of a sudden, we're above 500. We're picking up steam. The people are feeling good. The crowd's feeling good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's drinking. The mm. jerseys are flying. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the wheels fell off. Losing 10 nothing in back-to-back games. At home. Is exactly what it sounds like. It's like yeah. I took 10 Sean Fleming circa 1999 punts to the dick in succession. And you get mm. to the point where it's like in Simpsons, like, stop, stop. He's already dead. Like, yeah. this is, I think... Or like Tim and Sid, my boys again, like Sid Best, whatever. Um, they were just nonstop. Like they're like, what has happened? Like something horrible has happened. Like when when they're talking like that, and it's guys who want to be able to just be like, oh well, the problem is that they're like, all they did was Everly for Strom. There's no reason this team should be this shitty. Uh, Does make sense? On what, what you guys are seeing and reading in the comments section, are people equating this to Colorado a few years ago when they had over 100 yeah. points and then completely bottomed out after? I, I don't think they're, no, I think they they're similar in the fact that they're dropping up, but I don't, there was obvious holes there with Colorado, and I don't think this team has as glaring as holes as that Colorado team had. No, I agree with you. There's people saying that. They're comparing them to Calgary a few years ago when Calgary made the playoffs and then missed the next year. There's a lot of that. Um, that's all but my comment, Mash. I just, just want to make intel- unintelligible noises, like a yak expiring. At the end of the day, we still have Connor. So it makes me feel better. Yeah. But the thing is, oh, I don't know if you guys saw it. Like, Wanya, you were at the game last night. Yeah. Imagine you watched it on TV. I did, yeah. So did you see the Molson Cup presentation before the game? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. Did you see where Connor just like, all right, I'm here, but I'm not staying for the picture, and he bounced? Connor took a picture? No, no, he was like in, and then the two people were just kind of awkwardly standing I thought he there. leaned in. Uh, he kind of like poked and then he was out. It was real quick. Okay. Yeah. So like they started playing the music. Like here's a Molson Cup trophy. Yeah. Like he was already gone on TV. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, Connor's had. He was no laughing time when he this. got on the bench though. He was laughing about it. Well, yeah, Connor's got no time for that. I just shit. like it when he laughs. Yeah. He's when he angel. laughs, I laugh. Well, I think what, not to put too rosy of a 
rose colored glasses on it, but you think the team also hates losing as much as the fans do right now. And you know that room is... It doesn't matter what the Oilers hate anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let me ask you this. Who is Mr. Oiler right now in the room? Who is the guy, if you line them all up from shortest to tallest when it comes to heart and flying the flag, who's number one other than Connor? That's why, uh, to your point, and I think I don't know where you're going with this, but I I think that... To me, that was one of the mistakes Shirelli made in getting rid of guys who were heart in the room, like Hendricks. He's not going to play every night. Mm-hmm. You sign him to a low contract. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the rah, rah, rah. Everybody's mm-hmm. having a good time pushing, getting people fired up before the game. That's gone now. And from what I've heard from a couple of different people, Hendricks was also a sounding board for McDavid. Mm-hmm. And, and he kept Luch from losing his marbles all the time. And there's value there whether he's playing or not. So is. how does the GM not see that and think, you know what, this guy's probably worth a one other one year deal just to sit in the press? Because he's box. got his head so far up his crimson ass. Should have picked his, up a Yale man. Wait, a Yale man would have figured this out. Mm-hmm. Harvard, it, my God, we might as well let a Brown graduate run the team. Yeah, it could have also been Shirley just <laughs> overestimated how much he actually knew about the inner workings of his team. Right, like, oh, we'll just swap out this and. Ah, grab it can play as but the six where's for the half where's the recovery move? Yeah, where's yeah, like I can understand if you're if you're Terrell and you call up and you're like, oh hey, uh, you want Tremio Ovechkin? No, okay, fuck you. Okay. Hell, hey, Montreal, you want Tremio Carey Price? No, okay, fine. But how hard can it be to go get 2018's Rob Clinkhammer? Yeah, and be like, hi. Ottawa, you're fucked six ways from Thursday. Oh, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he's like, oh, I was listening to the podcast of my f- family, and it was wonderful until you guys started swearing all the time, and we'll never listen to it again. So I know you're not listening, Curtis. Thank you. Anyways. I was the real life supposed to be a family pod? Was that what we were going on? I don't know. We were it? giving parenting advice early on. That's it was right. good. Well, you delivered a baby live during episode three. Of course. That was a, we, we, one of the memorable fan favorites. Yeah. Go back and listen to episode three. It was a <laughs> grueling should, experience. We should have a parenting corner <laughs> segment. But first, you were saying, Otto, how hard is it to find Oh, that? just how hard is it going to be to go out and actually find some utility third and fourth line PK specialists who've gone to the third round twice before and oh I don't know overpay for them so give a second round draft pick and some plug from the A like surely to God the phones aren't silenced when Shirelli calls or maybe they are well, look at the bringing in Brandon Davidson was like a very good move yep. a very like Davidson over Johan OV2 is a great move sure. I believe Kriba sure. I think that's the one I keep going back to. He's, I'm sure, a nice man, but the fact that you're relying on Eric Ryba to play 20 minutes a night for the yeah. first half of the season, probably a mistake. He's now in Bakersfield. I don't know if we're going to see him come back, but do you think there's a point, too, where GMs are drowning and no other GM wants to throw you a, so a This lifesaver? is what I'd like to know. I would like to sit down with an NHL GM, prob- preferably retired, because I think the guys in the game, they're just too, like, eh, Wired but, a little different. Yeah, 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 that's how they talk. Yeah, yeah, you went to Brown, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> I went to CDI College. Yeah, exactly. Now. I went to Norquest, and I took general <laughs> managing. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, but I think that if you go, okay, retired GM, how much fuckery, Curtis, I'm sorry again, how much fuckery <laughs> is there among NHL GMs who are just like, hello, Peter Torelli here, and no one will take your call because they're just like, don't make deals with Edmonton, and the 31-team league is now 30. That's a good question. I don't think it's a don't make deals with Edmonton, but I think if you see Peter Torelli calling, you're saying, okay, what do you want? I'd like utility player. Okay, give us... X. Like, I, you're not going to... Sure. Well, deal. I think Done. Yeah. I'm the worst penalty kill since 1971, and the new stink on the arena's going out. <laughs> so, but the, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but really, like, w- would you look at it from a business point of view? If someone who develops websites and game new, hey, I need not your best guy, but one of your best guys, and I'll give you this bag of rocks in return. 
Sure, but I'm not thinking about it like that. I'm thinking about it like it's my business and it's my team. And if there's something preventing my business from succeeding, I will dig that thing a shallow grave and dump it in there. And if the penalty kill, what was genuinely yeah. preventing me from having the team I have with one year left on Connor's ELC, yeah, I'd overpay for a penalty killing utility forward. It's not like you're going to be trading Nurse for him or something like okay. that, right? Yeah. Is, is it fair to say, I don't want to paint all Oiler fans with the same brush, but is it fair to say a lot of Oiler fans are incredibly unhappy with Peter Shirley right now? Like, is it 80-20? Is it 90-10? I think when you make that many bets and fail on all of them that you're going to take some heat. The The luxury that he has is in this league. It's generally, I'm the GM, I'm going to fire the coach first to buy myself some time, and then he gets it like two years later. That's generally how it goes. Oh man! Unless you're Mac gets- T and they win the lottery, <laughs> and then he gets the old punteroo. <laughs> so I- how long until Connor's camp starts to dis- voice some displeasure well, that's at OEG? It's, it's interesting you say that, because I was thinking about it the other day. When is Connor going to figure out how much power Connor has? Well, Connor already knows. When does he pull that card? No, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, Connor I would knows, be doing right? it right now. The real that's I said. That's I said. Like, who is Mister Euler other than Connor? Because I don't think Connor's the kind of guy who sits in the room and he's like, you know what, Ohan Ovitu, I really think that you'll have a serviceable game tonight if you just do the following. I think he's a lead by example guy. Yep. But I don't think that, you know, we know that he calls everyone on their birthday, right? We know that. He's that kind of guy, buys trays of shots, good man. Um, but I don't think that he's uh, uh, a guy who's going to come into the room and, like, give rousing speeches. Yeah, they and- need the rah-rah guy. They need the Rocky Thompson from, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, like, the uh, OKC Barons oh, yeah. era where he was going to the dressing room and he's shaking guys up and getting them fired up. They need that. He would also rewrite lyrics to popular songs to get his team fired up. Yeah, like, they need a guy who keeps it light. And that's what the funny thing about hockey fans in general, regardless of team, it almost seems like if you can't quantify it by numbers that it doesn't exist, whereas things like personality comes into play in a team sport like hockey. So maybe a guy like Matt Hendricks, you didn't like what he did on the ice, but what he does behind closed doors is worth every fucking penny of that well, contract. So apologies funny, right? to Kurt, Curtis again. Yeah, yeah, Curtis. <laughs> crying out loud, Curtis. Just put, put, He's still listening. Cover your children's ears, shot. Curtis. You're driving in the van right now. I can picture you just looking going, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I told him the other day not to say all those cuss words. I just, I, I fail to understand. First of all, it's hilarious how little information the team shares. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, I went to an amateur wrestling match the other night with my that, dog, Yukon Jack. I actually want to ask about that. Yukon Jack on Instagram. And one of the things he told me that's very interesting is he's like, wrestling people and wrestling fans are in it together. And, like, I saw some amazing shit at this wrestling match, which was, like, held in... And this is just, like, backyard, or not backyard, but, like, small... This is, like, an underground wrestling league that only the OGs know, and UConn went there, won the 50-50, and everyone started chanting his name. Like, this is, like, a weird fight club where no one It takes place at, like... The hall that your grandparents yeah. had their 40th wedding exactly. anniversary. Like when you went to the hall party and the guy brought the gun and everybody yelled and screamed, <laughs> that's where wrestling is, right? But he said something really interesting, and he's like, the, the wrestling guys and the fans are in it together. And there's an old lady sitting beside the ring, and this one lady stands up and, like, tells off a wrestler. And he's like, sit down, you old bat. And I'm like, oh, my God, you got that lady an old bat. And she's like, come down here and tell me that. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> right? And it was a very, like, inclusive experience. And you contrast that with like the post press conference, post practice press conference. I don't feel like we're in it together. I don't feel like there's going to be accountability. I feel like everyone's just got like they're just going to clam up and they're not going to talk about anything, and then they're going to get dismissed. And like you never get. I think that's one of the things that's driving Oilers fans crazy is you get no information. You're just told to continue buying your tickets and continue buying your scarves, which we will all continue to do because we do. But there's never any, like, leveling with us. There's never any, like, end of season, like, oh, Jesus, you know what, guys? This has really gone to shit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it's super easy to fake empathize with people. Watch yep. here, I'll do it. Oh man, I'm somebody at the OEG. This is so crappy. <laughs> I can't believe how bad this year went, even though we all thought the year was going to go well. I, too, have my orange pom-poms in my garage that I want to shake, and I've been working 70-hour weeks around the clock trying to get this fixed. It's not hard to do. But when you're standing up there and you're like, why do you have the worst penalty killing in 50 years? You're like, well, you know, we may have to take a look at uh, changing up the software on the iPad and uh, getting the PK coach to, uh, you know, start wearing different colored shoelaces. Like, you're getting nothing. And I think that that's compounding. And it doesn't create rage. It's going to create apathy. Look at Montreal right now. If you watch Montreal games and, like, poor Pacioretty. Yep. 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 (laughs) He's sucking his own you-know-what and everything's gone to hell. They're not booing anymore in Montreal. They're not there. Yeah. People were leaving. I saw people last night. I saw two people in 06 Cup Run jerseys with 16 minutes left get up and leave. Yeah. Did I look under their table or seat to get some popcorn? Yes, I did, Bag Milk. <laughs> I went down there and I looked to see if they had popcorn left because quitters who quit in the game will oft quit on their popcorn, and it was genius. So a- I love people that quit early in the sense that, okay, they lost in um, in the you know, OT the other day against Chicago. How many people left that game with like five minutes left or whatever? Oilers came roaring back. I've seen it. I'm never going to leave early. I will be there until the final buzzer. Always. Would it? Yeah, oh yeah. Would it? Quell? They eat all the popcorns. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to eat the popcorn. Someone leaves a you know program behind. You got some reading at home with mm-hmm. your five empty bags of popcorn. Would There's it? like a little bit of spittle in a beer Ooh, like on there. Hello. Couple it's rows down. If you're paying eleven dollars, second for half a beer. of the sip isn't so bad. Uh, would it? Would it calm Oilers Nation down <laughs> if Shirelli just came out and had a press conference like? Yeah, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't expect it to go with this. Or even Daryl Cates. Like, would that maybe? Well, I don't think it's calm- a case about calming down. It's just a case of aligning our interests. And just sh- showing a human side. How often of- are you going to continue to support something that doesn't yell back to you from the ring? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's still, in my mind, a miracle that as many Oilers fans have stayed with this team. And, like, how many – Crosby missed the playoffs a lot in the beginning of his career, right? Not many. Just a couple thought, of years. Yeah, only a couple. Just a couple. Wasn't it, like, two of the first five years or something? I'll, to, I'll confirm that. Keep talking. Mm-hmm. Internet. Let's just wait. <laughs> yeah, just a little awkward silence. Stare at. Yeah. yeah. Tell you what. As I, as I search, <laughs> we'll take a break on the Real Life Podcast. Brought to you by Hanson Distilleries. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jappa Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group, join the family. We're back on the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Hanson Distillery, and boy, we went around the world in this break. I did some yeah. research. I went to the research vaults in the yeah. KJB room. I had yeah. to get my thumbprint scanned <laughs> and found out Sid, they only missed the playoffs once with Sid in his first day of the year, and so that was his first year, I think I was thinking of Lemieux. Didn't yes. Lemieux have a bunch of playoff free time? Mario played on some pretty bad teams when he first got there. Okay. Some atrocious teams. But your okay. point is, Pittsburgh, at one point, did waste an incredible talent early. For sure. But the first year, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this is no, no, but it wasn't you, though. Lemieux wasn't. It was oh, like it was a while. I thought we were still talking about Sid. Though. Oh no, no, no. Like now it's the last. I had year to find of, a similar precedent that makes it seem not so bad. Not the closest yeah, precedent. Not like we're in the last year of Connor's ELC, and it just drives me crazy that the Oilers have like ten million bucks in cap space, and it's just like well, we're gonna we were gonna save it till the trade deadline for James Neal or something. Yeah, like, that. like well, we no. can't we can't afford to upgrade our no. penalty kill not with the ten million cap space. And like, when's the last time the Oilers, when is the last time the Oilers did a three for one deal where we're the three? 
a long time. Right? Like, when do we put together... Pa- oh, we can't or, mm, we can't go to the cupboard and get a bunch of assets. The cupboard will be bare. The cupboard is bare. The house is on fire. The children are entombed well, in the basement in a wall. It's not even the cupboard is bare. It's just you know who's going to be good on your team when your team is hopefully going to be good. Right? You know three or four of the defensemen that you're going to have in three or four years. You mm-hmm. know five forwards are probably going to have in five years. Mm-hmm. That's your core that you can build moving forward. You know, if you have to trade, I agree with you on it. If you have to trade a second or a third round pick for his overpayment. Who gives a flying fuck? We've yeah. gotten so many second and third picks back or round picks that we've turned into a hot cup of squat. Yeah, and Lord knows that the Oilers drafting and anything beyond first, first overall. Pick over. <laughs> and then we're like tw- two uh, for five, yeah. right? No, even like you, if it weren't for a guy like Jujar Kara, every mid-round pick between... 2010 and now has probably been not or great. would be gone they yeah. got traded like tobias reader for yeah. fucking what's his name there that ate the hot dog is the only highlight i can think of of that guy's career i don't even know his name i don't remember his name and then they trade zach uh yak for pochi row pochi row's not even playing anywhere forgot and about that trade actually too. oh yeah what's that even mean yeah exactly who's you know pochi Sick and tired of this match. I'm starting to think I don't like it when the Oilers are losing all the time. <laughs> Something's got to change Something's got to give, and it isn't going to be me because I just bought a new jersey. Um, Pat- PJ, who'd you get? Yeah, Connor. Ah, oh, God's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Is it all patched up? Do you have, like, the nope. last year's patches? No, no. no i got to think of how I'm going to do this. Right now I just have the new, the new jersey. Yeah. Um, Clean sheet. Patrick Maroon got a two-game suspension. Yeah. He will not be in the lineup for the next two games. Mm. He's also looking for a contract. This is my long-winded way of asking, is... What's gonna? What's this team gonna look like at trade deadline? I think Maroon's gone. But for who's gonna take Patrick Maroon though? I think it's gonna be one of those things where we're gonna get like a, a you know a magic bean back and hopefully he'll flip that magic bean into something this year. But we year. never flip. Yeah. We yeah. never, we never flip. flip. Is it, it worth goes it, into though? the vortex of the yeah. draft where those guys get together and go off grid and pick a Kenyan or some <laughs> fucked up thing? They're like, oh, I think it's time Kenyan hockey gets its due. So they'd have the Australian Gretzky, the German Gretzky, and the Kenyan. That's Gretzky. the other like you know the Sean Fleming kicks to the groin. It's like let's start picking people from weird countries like yeah. Australia and France. Yeah. God almighty. So, yeah, Wani, do you think Maroon's gone? Like, if you, like, I think there's a, when Patrick Maroon is playing the way Patrick Maroon can, he was exactly what the Oilers need to play with Connor McDavid last year. I still think there's something like that in there, but I haven't seen it so far this season. But everyone, we're always going to be getting false positives on people because they can play with Connor McDavid. Thank well, exactly. that. With right? the twins, right? Yeah, I mean, like, look at Anson Carter when yeah. he left Vancouver to go play in Columbus, I believe. Right. He didn't do anything. The big deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think it's a case. Like, I like Pat Maroon. Mm-hmm. I like Anthony Maroon. Mm-hmm. I like Mrs. Maroon. Oh, I'm a big Anthony Maroon guy. Yeah, I love that kid. Yeah. I like Pat Maroon. But I think, like, if I was, I would never want to make the full decision, but if I was sitting in the room with people who knew a lot more, I'd be like, okay, well, this is clearly not the path that needs to be pursued, so it's time to do a deal. It's time to do a big deal. It's time to do Carlson for uh, Drysidle, and then you take some other plug off their lineup with a bunch of salary as Ottawa, you know, is forced into financial receivership, or you go into Montreal where everything's screwed, and you try and reboot. Like, there's a lot of teams with really good players that are struggling this year. But I just think I don't want it to be Shirelli that that is the guy that does it. He's captain one for one and failed trades on big players. Like he's got okay Hall for Larson, whatever. We're we're past that. God, I'm sick for, and tired of talking about this list of shit. Everlay for Strom, okay, whatever. But there's Blake Wheeler, there's Phil Kessel, there's Tyler Sagan. Like he's moved them all, and he's lost all of those trades. Do you think all of them? Do you think maybe he just has 
all the info on like the 2011 draft and no info on any other draft. That's why he keeps getting everyone from the 2011 draft. <laughs> no, Chia, it wasn't supposed to be like this. You have so many looks. Sometimes you have a mustache, and sometimes you're wearing like a dad golf shirt, and sometimes you're wearing a suit and you have a beard, and then sometimes you have like cool glasses on. Fuck. He is the man. Curtis, of, I'm sorry. He is the man of, of of a thousand faces. Like I don't. I think there is a move to be made. I don't. We gotta make him. You gotta. You yeah. think there's a. Well, you got to, man. You I know, but, blow you, this shit up. but the problems in the dressing room are all with the software, not the hardware. Yep. It's all everyone's mindset and their ability to get along. It's not the hardware. So what's the fix? A big deal. You gotta shake it up. You have to. The 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 band ain't singing, man. Uh, if you're uh, Matthew Knowles and you got Beyonce and then Laquisha and uh, no Latoya, Solange. No, no, no. Well, yes, obviously. Solange, she's a songstress. She's a hits of a generation. No, the original members of Destiny's Child. So essentially Kelly we're getting- Rowland? Before them. So Destiny's Child oh, had a whole different lineup. Yeah, I remember yeah, five yeah. Destiny's Child. Yes, okay. and then they went down to four, and then Matthew and Beyonce one day, with the assistance of Solange, wiped everybody out. And there was one lady, I can't remember, her name's like La something or other, I think. And she just like disappeared. You never saw her again. Mm-hmm. She was never on really? a second of television. And then they brought in Kelly and Michelle, and then they went on, right? That's what we need to do. We know our Beyonce. Oh, yeah. We know who our Beyonce We're is. We're trying to find Ringo. We got to get rid of Pete Best. You know, if, if if Tito ain't dancing and it's a Jackson Five concert, Tito's gone. We only need Michael and possibly Randy briefly. Jermaine, no, we do not need you. <laughs> Jermaine always looks sweaty all the time. He probably is sweaty. Yeah. All the oh time. yeah, yeah, probably is. So, I think a move needs to be make, made. Like what do you think, Matt? No, you, like, you wouldn't make a big move well, at this that's stage. That's the thing. I just I'm. I feel like Steve Tambellini. I don't. I, I don't want to hesitate too much because I don't want to make a move just for the sake of making a move to keep going back to other trades. I look at a trade like the Jeff Petrie deal was essentially made because they were bored. Mm. You could have slid in a guy like Jeff Petrie on that team for the next few years, and you would have been fine. Well, so I'm yes. just Jeff I, Petrie taught me a very valuable lesson that you never blame Jeff Petrie because he's not Eric Carlson, and we needed yeah. Eric Carlson, and all we had was Jeff Petrie, and I was first in line and be like, "You're a bum, Jeff Petrie." So the I, same thing with Jolts. Yeah. No, Jolts had it coming. Well. D- d- to me, if Jolts was properly slotted behind veteran defenders, he would have been fine. Instead, yeah. they're playing him 24, 25 minutes a night like he is Eric Carlson. He's not fucking Eric Carlson just because he lit up the AHL Why for Why don't we go games. get Eric Carlson? Why don't we stop sitting around and hoping for magic beans to turn into something? We stockpile all these yeah. assets year on year on year on year as though we're like these genius Berkshire Hathaway allotting capital to different projects. We're not. We're like, oh, what's the stats on cap friendly for so and so for so like he's probably just running his trades through his like PlayStation Trade simulator, machine. right? Yeah. Like Okay, so let's go to Carlson. We've talked about that before on the pod. Yeah. because uh, Ottawa's three, bad. Three Ottawa's assets fucked. not named no, three assets not named McDavid. What do you offer Ottawa? I for think Carlson? It, yeah. I think it starts with first? probably one of the Swedes on yeah. the back end. Yep, probably one of the Swedes. Dry Seidel. And the first. For Carlson? Yes. Eric Carlson's really you good. You think right? he's um, I, I want a chance at my dollar. My words are caught in my throat <laughs> bag, Milk. I know Eric Carlson's good. I'm trying to create fictional trade situations to bring him here. Do you think you really need all of that? Though? I think so. I think so. Because if I'm Ottawa, I'm not giving him up for anything less than that. Dry sidle and a first-round draft pick for Carlson, I think, is a fair deal. Wouldn't you want a defense in coming back, though? I am getting a defense in coming back. Oh, if I'm Ottawa? Yeah. cares an Ottawa one. No, I suppose <laughs> yeah. No, they're getting dry sidle in a first-round draft pick. They're being able to move the $12 million man off the table and getting the ninth in league scoring when he was, what, 20? I agree. It probably would be one of the Swedes going back there the way on the blue line. But, yeah, so, like, you would look at – w- my just biggest fear is you trade Tyler Sagan and then he blows up in Dallas. 
and that's, get Louis Erickson. Yeah, like that's just what gone. I don't want this. Taylor team Hall, to Jordan Eberle, even Neil Yakupov. We've seen this. Yeah, I don't. And I don't. Want, I don't care I don't want what to again. He does when he leaves. If we were to trade a guy like uh, Drysital, what I'm concerned about is what happens to the people who stay. It's none of our business. I don't give two shits what happens to Jordan Everly. Curtis, I apologize. I'm still swearing. Uh, out in Long Island because it's not our problem anymore. And yes, we loved him and he was a great player, but I'm more concerned about what's happening walls in. And whatever strategy they are running is failing at an ex- exponential rate. And when you're the boss of something, you have to know when to make the hard decisions. You can't just sit on your hands and assess. On a scale from 1 to 10, how terrified are you guys that Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets not. traded? 12. I'm not. I think okay, that it's going to be, well. to me, I'm the complete opposite because I think it's going to be a panic move. See, and that's the that's what I, I would be terrified of happening. I think it's going to be a panic move where it's like Nuge and you get like, uh, you know, a guy who's kind of like down on his luck, like a Galchenyuk or something, and then it comes back and it just flops. Why, it's yeah. a one-for-one because one Peter Shirelli loves the one-for-ones. Why, why aren't you thinking Nuge is making a lot of sense right now. It's not a good sign. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just think that he's having a fine year, mm-hmm. and I think that if you look at the decade of darkness and you look at the line you're selling the fans and the program that you're running, building through the draft, it's very disingenuous to the work that's been done in the last decade if you move all four first-round overall draft picks before Connor hits the peak of his career. And then you do it, This Nuge would be the next one who you told him a bunch of stuff you need him to do. He did it and all. And then he goes out and does all of it. And you want to talk about a guy who will haunt you? The Nuge will haunt oh, you. Oh, yes. The Nuge is just getting into the second gear of his career, man. He's 24. Yeah. I think just for the fact that he's been around 100 years now, people forget he's 24. And he's amazing. What's he got, yeah. 15 goals? Yeah. He's having a great, great season. His right neck now. is thick. His jawline is streamlined. And he's getting fired up out there, too. Like, of course. Nuge is getting a lot more chippy, and he's yapping, and he's in the mix. He's fiery. I would never trade the Nuge. If you look no, at a guy who's got more points on the penalty kill, which is the worst penalty kill since 1971, than he does in the power play, that's a lot longer look of who needs to go than a guy like the Nuge who has 15 goals when you're tanking, P.S. Well, and you talked about people who can produce away from Connor. Nuge has never played with Connor, and he's producing. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's something that I, I certainly hope doesn't happen with Maroon being suspended for the next couple games. Would you throw Nuge with McDavid? I would love to see that because those two are wizards. Give them somebody who, like, just tell Pooley Arvey, get your big finish ass in front of the net, keep your stick on the ice, big smile on your face. No, big smile. These two are going to get you the puck and shoot. How long is Pooley Arvey's stick, by the way? Oh, my God. Longer than everything but his tongue. Like, oh, my. He, he plays with, like, a 12-foot pool cue out there. Oh, yeah. He can control it, but he plays with a massive stick. And he could lick his own hairline, which is A impressive. buddy of mine's dad was always on Taylor Hall about the length of his stick. And this is like an OG Canadian that guy. Is, yeah. And super. he's always just like, these damn idiots. And he's also like mad about the lie angle of sticks mm-hmm. too, right? And he thinks that like you can't shovel pucks because the curve is too big you on stick. You need the Doug Gilmore flat curve. Exactly. And like, successful. I don't really understand because I don't even know how to do crossovers to the left. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's livid about Pooley RV's yeah. stick. He's like, where do they teach these kids in Finland? Like the stick is a telephone pole. But I like it though. He's having a good year, man. He is, he is. And that's, I think, another, a lot's gone wrong for the Oilers this year, but I think Nugent Hopkins' progression as well as Pooley Yarvey, yeah, I think he's been, he's shown this year that there's something there to work with. The thing I like about Pooley Yarvey is the goals he's scoring are not like 
just lucky goals. He's getting in the mix, he's getting dirty, and he's knocking them in from the slot. They're goals mm-hmm. you need him to score in the future. They're ugly goals yeah. that the Oilers aren't scoring. He's one of the few guys, like, I want to know why Lucic isn't parking his giant ass in front of the net and doing what Puliarvi does, just hack it away and smash net pucks. Like, that's kind of what you're here for. I've been a Lucic apologist since he arrived, but the play does die on his stick. More times than not. This well, he's season. got all the puck finesse of like a, a lumberjack. He yeah. just like hacks well, away. Well, he at. is a lumberjack. Look at him out <laughs> yeah, there. He is. Like he, he's struggling. And that's well, a lot's going into what the Oilers are struggling so far this season. Everybody needs blame except yeah. Connor. Like Connor, you're yeah. just, you're, you're, it's so funny. How it's just I like, oh you, yeah, no. Tim and Sid are like, well, let's just remove Connor McDavid from all the conversation and start there. Like the untouchable Teflon Don. Where, where would this team be without Connor this year? Oh my God. What's lower than low? Yeah, yeah. They'd Back. somehow be thirty second in the league. They'd be lower than Seattle. Seattle have a better, better penalty kill than the Oilers, but and they're not even in the league yet. But let's loop back around. Who is flying the Oilers' flag in the dressing room most? Who would get the proverbial tattoo on the bicep right now? Tell I can't think of who the, it is. The one that I just said, I said he's struggling. I think it could be Milan Lucic. I know he's still new to the team, but he's been around championship teams before. He seems like he's been in the league for the last 47 years as mm-hmm. well, and he's 29, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think that's a guy that can hold guys accountable. That's the name I jump out to. Possibly Lucic. Do you think- I just don't think he has that personality where he's going to be like the rah rah guy. Everybody wants to hang out with Milan Lucic because he doesn't seem like that. I think he's like a wicked bad cop. Yeah. And I think if you're in the playoffs and he's sitting there in the bench and he goes out and steamrolls a guy and picks the team up, I don't think he's the kind of guy that goes to uh, who owned gold this year? Russell. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris Russell. I don't think Milan Lucic goes over to Russell at the end of the game and is like, hey man. It's okay. Like, there's no Blake Wheeler. Do you remember when Patrick Laine scored and he ripped it into our own net last year and Blake Wheeler went around? Like, I remember last year. Yeah. Do you think it's maybe Mark Letestu? He's not yeah. a superstar, yeah. but is he maybe the closest one yeah. who... Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I possibly think Letestu's Mark... a lot like a Derek Roy. Yeah. Right. And Letestu's bright, too. Like, when he, when he gives his answers on things, they're really insightful and thoughtful, yep. and I think that he could probably... Um, do a good job of explaining to people and like getting. He could dad them. He's a dad. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes these kids need a dad. He's younger than us, but he's way older than us. He's <laughs> oh, one of those 100%. guys, right? Yeah, where absolutely. You meet him and you're like, yes, sir. Yeah, just a guy who's been around, played a lot of level hockey, played junior B. Uh, did Mark Letestu. So maybe it's him, but you're right. This is the closest, like, it's worth having a conversation as who is Mr. Euler right now. And if you know it, tweet us, please, because we'd like to hear what your guys' in- input is. Oh, no one's listening to that. But, yeah, good thinking if they were. No, I, and I agree, but I think when you can go back and look at the periods of Oilers hockey that have succeeded, you can point to guys who are willing, the Smitties, who would take a clapper to the head. Jason and, and Ryan, both, right? Yeah, no, oh, Jason yeah. Smith, of course. Yeah, Dougie Waite, right? Like the good old days, Billy Guerin. Those Stavis. guys, yeah, they 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 were the flag bearers for the franchise. Even right? on the non-skilled end, like George LaRock, he was, he was the Oilers for a long time. Like mm-hmm. that big... Big guy that was just getting everybody fired up. And then he got George LaRock biggest hits on uh, Power 92. Biggest hits. Do you remember uh, <laughs> poems by George and he would read like a Shaggy song and you'd have to call in to win tickets? See, to, those like, were the uh, days <laughs> when you had active Oilers reading Shaggy lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you saw Adam Larson reading Shaggy lyrics? Or any Oiler yeah. just having fun outside of Roger's place. Yeah, well, like, this gets back to the problem. This attitude in the organization of we will give you nothing. Everyone is running presidential levels of security. There's no interaction with anyone. This could be one of the reasons it's killing the soul of the franchise. Yeah. They're not out. You're in not the having com- fun. You're not having fun. You're not out in the community. No one's showing any sort of like zest for life. Right. Look at a guy like Kachuk in Calgary. They're like, please stop being so exuberant. And he's like, no deal. And he's just like running people over and trying to fight the referee. And that's not only entertaining for the, te- for the fans of the team, which is still ultimately yeah. what this is about. 
What this is ultimately about is entertainment at the end of the day. When you're sitting there with a jillion dollars worth of cap room, and you traded Everly for Strom, money for no money, as though you're about to do something amazing, that's not the entertainment that we want. The entertainment isn't postulating on you know how the decade of darkness is now flipped into 12 years. Well, which was why I found it interesting today on a certain uh, radio show that the host of said show was criticizing the fans for not being into it enough. Who and like, is saying that? You know who I'm talking about. Well, there's a lot of suspects. Was it Maj? Maj? Was it Maj? Maj was throwing all was the fans. Was it JG? In was it my dog JG? Was no. he telling off Oilers fans? Gregor hates fans. <laughs> was it Stovetop? Yeah, it was. It's just one of those That's things where it's like so ignorant. It's just like, come on, man! Like, it's are you really gonna so take a ignorant. shot at the fans like, when they just got stomped you're by ten so goals? Stupid, and you're so arrogant. Like, oh, so when did the boys in the bus take over this organization? What year? Ah, uh, that would have been like, I mean, when did when was Kevin Lowe promoted to GM? I like Kevin Lowe. Yeah, but but just going for a starting point. Is that yes. what you want to say when yes. he was thrown to GM? That when, was late nineties. Like what ninety six? No, uh, after that, Slats was still around till. So, like so 90, I'm gonna say ninety nine, two thousand around. Okay. There. So 2000. So we're yeah. 17 years into the regime. We have one banner to show yes. in that time. We've made the playoffs four times in 17 years. Is that correct? Uh, since 2000? Yeah. Breath. I'm trying to think of those. Yeah, three or four around there. Yep. Because mm-hmm. they won. Uh, 06, 16, then... 02, 03, no 102, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, around there. Three or four. Yeah, three I feel like four. watching Dallas Stars. Games it's like there. they're equally bad administrators to how good they were on the ice. They're equally bad off the ice to how good they were on the ice. It's almost getting to that point. And I almost think that it can be kind of seen in the in-game experience. Like how many crowd shots were at the game last night? This is what's wrong with the game, Maj. It's crowd shots. No, I but what I'm talking about is just the whole part. Of it. It's like it's the fans got to have fun. Agreed. And then the players got to have fun. Hockey's fun, man. It's, it's a child. I would have yeah. a squadron of hunters drumming in every aisle. I would be there'd be t-shirt cannons on auto fire repeat, like just to try to keep people in it. I just remember when I was a kid and going to Rexall and being super excited. And they used to like between plays, they would have highlights of other games mixed in with movie yeah. quotes and stuff, and it was just more entertaining than just being like. Hey, you're on the camera. Like, hey, you're up there. Startled Edmontonians is not what I want to watch on a $60 million scoreboard forever and ever and ever. I just think that the whole package kind of needs a a little bit of a shine in the sense yeah. that, yes, you're the big show in town, but don't act like it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, be the trappers. It's going to turn into like a goddamn Sochi situation, Maj, where you build all these beautiful buildings and they turn to dust. And then they're mm. just empty after with stray dogs walking through. Could be. No, it can't. This can't be the Never. alternate universe. No. This isn't the world. I'm, I'm in a medically induced coma. I better be. I would better be, <laughs> goddammit. Dr. Bag Milk, you better wake me up. This I, is bullshit. I'm still optimistic. I still believe. I still think they get, they're going to be in the mix. It's just the way that... It's not that you're going to lose games in a season. It's the way they've lost three of the last four that have been upsetting. Sloppy in the first game back from Christmas. You can get over it. Fine, you lost, but it was a good game. It was fun to watch. The last two at home, getting pumped by 10 goals at home and then having guys come out and be like, well, McClellan's a good coach and Shirelli's a good GM and you guys should just wait until next year. It'll be fine. Or you have somebody saying, well, the fans weren't into it, so why are the boys going to get excited? Like, come on. Who said that? Well, I'm just paraphrasing what was going on on radio today. Oh, for God's sakes. It's like, well, the fans got to get more into it. Well... How about you give what us something to be excited you, about? Curtis, I apologize. I swore again. Curtis, yes. What do you want us to do? We just got shelled 10 nothing in back-to-back matches. Like, what do you want me to cheer for at this point? 
That's the <laughs> argument. Oh, take the mic and shove it down no, the fat throat. That's the argument that basically uh, if a fan would say, well, the broadcasters need to get into it a little bit more then. That's exactly what he's saying. It's the exact opposite. Both are equally head-scratching. This must have been what it's like when you're like going to the bottom of the ocean on the Titanic and you go to like the steward for your floor and you're like, excuse me, nothing on my ticket said the ship, the ship was sinking. And he's like blaming the assistant captain of the ship who's blaming the guy who rings the bells. Who's bl- it's just a blame-a-thon on the way to the bottom of the it ocean. It almost kind of feels like they're trying to get back to that time where you remember when you had to wait till like a Tuesday to read Oilers like news in the paper and like what? you – like. You wouldn't be able to go on Twitter and then you would read The Sun the next day and you'd be like, oh, three stars like from last night. It must have been a good night. But like, I feel like they're trying to go back there where they don't give us anything and they don't want our feedback at all. And now we're in a world of social media where now we can just straight up call you an asshole and they don't like it. I genuinely believe that the Oilers organization views the the fans of the Oilers organization to be a pain in their ass. And that is so preposterous. And that, to me, is where you're starting to strike at, like, the emotional problems within yeah. the organization. The fact anyone gives a shit about what's going on other than Connor McDavid is astounding. And you'd have to look pretty far and wide to find the colliery of arrogance in an organization with such poor performance on the field or on the ice. I can't think of it. If you go to Cleveland, and what are they tweeting, like, hello, darkness, my old friend, or some <laughs> shit, Right. That's like we're on the fan side. Yeah. We're in this yeah. together. Yep. We just stared down one win, two NFL seasons, and even I know that, but we're in it together on some level. There's nothing like that coming from the Oilers where we're in this together. It's like you watch them get shelled 5 nothing, and then 5 nothing again, and on the way out they're giving you a card to get 5% off fucking – Curtis, I apologize. Uh, Bobby Nixberger, if you buy three ugly sweaters in the Boxing Day sale, and it's like, see you next game, Oilers fans. Like, what are you talking about? It's like North Korea or something where everyone just, like, bow to the statue on the way in and please leave your wallet. Boys, I I think we struck a nerve. I think we this was a very passionate podcast, boys. Fired up. On the way in, I said to myself, here's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to pretend like nothing's wrong. I'm going to be like, nope, everything's great. We're doing totally fine and just be in denial. And instead, look what you did, Mash, you horse whisperer. You got me to diss the team again and call the organization out. That's what I do here. And I had all these notes written down. If you notice on my note here, I said I saw a guy wearing a Pornhub hoodie. How about we hold hold that for next Hang on a minute. He was just walking around downtown (laughs) Vancouver with a Pornhub hoodie. I love that. So, Shadow, should we save that for next week? Well, if you wear, like, a hoodie of, like, Game of Thrones, because you watch season two of Game yeah, of Thrones. It's the same thing. But your time on Pornhub is for Curtis, your children should not have been listening <laughs> yeah. for the last 15 yeah. seconds. Yep. I'm going to need you to rewind this and possibly men in black their brains. <laughs> you know what? I'd wear a Pornhub hoodie. Pornhub's got great social, too. Like Their Twitter account's hilarious. They did, tweet out like these random stats and stuff, and it's just absurd. I love it. It's hilarious. Did you guys hear the story about how, have you guys heard of the movie? The, well, you probably haven't. The Big Sick starring Kumail Nanjiani. Really no. good movie came out last year. It's it's about interracial couples. It's uh, you, but anyways, that was on Pornhub under the interracial <laughs> section. Like the entire <laughs> movie, the entire movie was now on just Pornhub. Hold on, man. Why are you in Pornhub in the interracial <laughs> section finding a feature film? Look at me, no, uh, damn. Because no. Kumail tweeted it, so Pornhub could for everything. Tell you what, we'll we'll continue our conversation about Pornhub next week. Mm. Maybe they have the answer to the Oilers penalty kill. Curtis is going to need you to not tune in next week, yeah. especially if the kids are in the well, car. Tell you what, let's bring like Curtis and be... the kids in next week. How about that? They can lead the podcast. <laughs> if you want me to say Pornhub in front of my friend Curtis's kids, you have to think again. I will not do it. Not not then, not now. How uh, about Red Tube? Like, I feel like Red Tube would slip under there and they wouldn't even know what you're talking about. Probably. Probably. 
You Curtis, you out there? <laughs> Still there, buddy? Hello? Uh, if you <laughs> out there listening have any ideas of what you think is wrong with your list, tweet us. Throw out your handles. Wanya? Gretz, Twitter. At JSBM Bag Milk. You know, I'm still trying to get at Bag Milk. So I, I said, I sent Twitter a thing saying that they were infringing on my brand. Nice. Whoever had at Bag of Milk. Of course. So they're like, no problem. We just need your articles of a corporation and then we'll clear that right up. I'm like, oh, you called my bluff, didn't you, Twitter? <laughs> they can do that? If I have articles of a corporation, I can get back old Twitter accounts and whatnot? I believe so. Fantastic. This is actually solving go. a problem for me in real life. Thank you for this addendum. Real life. Look at that real life. <gasps> it all comes full circle, boys. This was fun. We'll do it next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.